And God, we just ask that you speak what we need to hear today and, and help it to produce fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I was going to literally preach about the vision of the church and what I see, but I'm not going to do that. I, I, something came up yesterday, and, and you know, I do this a lot, and, and I'm, I'm kind of going to apologize and kind of not. Um, but while we were watching the uh, Culture of Honor video, before, before we did that, um, we were, you know, taking testimonies from the past month of people that had taken risk in their life. And so people were standing up. Tilly told us of taking risk with Enoch at the grocery store. And other people stood up and told, uh, uh, giving Angelica gave some, uh, some tacos, some food, fed some people. And Nia uh, two times prayed for people at work, right? Am I correct? And other people are just, they're taking risk and they're stepping out. And, and Mandy uh, stops for the one. She stalks people on the road and pulls over and wants to talk with them. So I, I joking and said, we have the gift of stalking in my family. <laughs> you don't know our story that's how I, I got Mandy before all the stalking laws I stalked her <laughs> literally ate at Chili's as often as I possibly could because she was a waitress there and I would annoy her and she didn't like seeing me sometimes and I could tell that but I didn't care I had no pride <laughs> what happened to me and so I stalked her for a while and uh, uh, the first time I saw her I, I was like I told my mom and sister, I, I want to meet her. There's something special about her. I think she has a great background. And my mom and sister are like, yeah, you've just always had girlfriends and you're girl crazy, and we've heard this before. <laughs> and this was God's timing. So so we have the gift. So she's been pulling over and talking with people. Sue, is her name Sue? Or was it a boy named Sue? No, no. It was a lady named Sue on the side of the road. She just went and ministered and talked with her. And so people are just taking risks. And so... I want to celebrate that. Take risks. Go for it. Go for it. Build relationships that you haven't before. Go for it. Yeah? How many of you are, are in a place of risk right now? You're taking some chances you've never taken before. I know, I know that I'm there as well. Uh, just a lot of chances. And, and it's good for me. And so as we were talking about that and thinking about it, um, Something from my history came up, and I, I remember now it was 1998, and for those who were here yesterday, I'm sorry, you're going to hear it again. That's okay. 1998, and I was a youth pastor at the time, and so I had been youth pastor for about four years, and we went on a missions trip to New York City, and we went to Greenwich Village, which is um, very, uh, homosexual population is very high there, and just crazy people population is very high, high in this place <laughs> I mean, you want to find crazy people, go to New York City, Greenwich Village, or San Francisco, or places like that. You'll find strange people. And so that's where our, our trip was. And so not only did we minister there uh, in Greenwich Village, we went into Harlem and knocked on all the doors and talked to all kinds of people. And, and that was a stretch for some of us because we were scared. We were in an environment that we weren't used to. I'm just being completely honest with you. We, uh, half of us were white and half of, half of our team was Hispanic. Right, and we felt very uncomfortable, and we were like, "Are they going to want us coming into their apartments and knocking on the door? Because they, 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 they may not want us bothering them." And so God gave us favor, and we got to minister to all kinds of people. This was just a process of breaking down barriers that you didn't know were there. You guys okay? Can I just be that honest? Just breaking down these barriers, and so uh, we were uh, we did puppet shows in the street and got all kinds of things thrown at us. Um, 
water balloons made of strange things that weren't meant to be water balloons and <laughs> eggs and <laughs> all kinds of crazy stuff. And so there's, here's the thing that happened. We went and had service that night. We sang. They opened the doors so that the music could go out into the city. And a lot of people were there. A lot of people wanted to give their heart to the Lord. And the pastor's name was Phil Greenaway. And he called us up as a, at the front to minister to anyone that wanted to be prayed for. And I came up to the front, and all I could think is, God, don't let that person that raised their hand come to me. Because I could tell that they were a homosexual man. And um, I was just, I'm being completely honest. I was like, God, don't, don't let them come to me. Let them come to someone else. I will pray for anyone in this room. I'll pray for the guy growling. I'm just playing. He's not really happy. I will do whatever you ask me to, but just not that one guy, you know. And so he he stands up, and they're all coming to the front, and sure enough, you know, my odds were good that he wouldn't come to me, but he did. He came straight to me. And, you know, I demonstrated this with, with Kyle, but he didn't just come up and stand proper, you know, in church. You're just supposed to come and stand in front of the person praying for you. You're not supposed to make any contact or there's a bubble, you know. We pray before church to have that bubble around us. And he was not aware of my bubble. <laughs> and he went straight through my bubble and popped it and literally grabbed me and wrapped his arms around me as I'm saying, oh, my God, oh, what is going on right now? I cannot believe this is happening. I asked you not to do this. <laughs> and he starts sobbing, crying on my shoulder. And I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like, uh, I'm, I'm not a germaphobe, but I'm not really, you know, happy when people cry on me or throw up on me, which has happened before in our church. We had a man who would manifest and puke everywhere. And I don't, why am I always up here when he's puking <laughs> everywhere? You know, so I'm, I'm, that's all going on in my head. He's crying tears from his body, from his homosexual body <laughs> on my shoulder. <laughs> and he's hugging me very closely. All our parts are touching here. <laughs> and I'm very uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable. And this man, <laughs> this man asked to give his heart to Jesus. That's why he came up. I want to give my heart to Jesus. So I prayed for him, and God clearly had to pray through me because it was not me just being excited about this. And the whole time I started to pray, I was so convicted in a good way. I felt, I felt about that tall because I wasn't being the way Jesus would want me to be, and I wasn't being the way he would be. And... That bothered me because I, I would say, even at that time in my life, I wanted to see revival. I wanted to see whole cities come to the Lord. Well, there are whole cities full of people that I wouldn't necessarily want to be hugging me and crying on me. And God began to talk to me. And it was, my, it was the moment like when Peter saw the vision of the veil come down. And he said, don't call unclean what I call clean. And I had that moment with God as I'm praying for him. I don't even know what I'm saying to him because God's talking to me in one ear and I'm praying with him. God's dealing with me. This was my altar call. This was me praying. I was getting ministered to by this man. And I'm going through this whole thing. 
And God's like, just you, you got to love people. It doesn't, you, you can't look at the outward appearance. You can't only minister to people you're comfortable with. You, you know, you, you can't, because you wouldn't like you if you were ministering to you. There are things about you that aren't very pl- pleasing sometimes that you wouldn't want to deal with. You know, and so as this whole thing went on and he gave his heart to the Lord, it was a great moment. And I, I left, you know, I, I felt that small, but I left feeling this was a good moment for me. I needed to go through this because I wouldn't have gone through this at my home church. I wouldn't have gone through this if God answered my prayer of don't you dare let that guy come up to me. I wouldn't have been in that in that moment that I needed. I needed this moment in my life. This wasn't a dream moment for Jared. This was a need moment. This wasn't a want. It was a, it was a need. All right? Years ago, Bill Johnson made this statement, and he said, the things that you need in life, God will bring to you. But the things you want in life, you have to pursue. Seek first the king, Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added unto you. You've got uh, Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. See, there's this thing where God wants to supply our needs for us. And those are the things that he just does for us that we didn't really even deserve or ask for. He's just meeting our needs because he's our God. He's our, he's our, our provider, our good shepherd. And I don't want to just talk about finance today. I want to bring this to a different point. God was not meeting my financial need in this moment. God was meeting a spiritual need that I had that I didn't even know I was bankrupt in an area of my life. I didn't pursue this. So God confronted me. I didn't want this. I needed this. So God brought it to me. Some of you right now are going through things that you don't want to go through or you're in confrontation situations or or potential situations for confrontation on personality issues or characteristics or things that we need to, you know, you know, get the rough edges washed off, right? We're going through those right now. It's always, it, it's always easy in those moments to say, God, I didn't ask for this. How many of you have ever said anything like that to God? God, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't ask for this. It's in His grace and in His love that we're being confronted in these areas because we need to be confronted there. I needed to be confronted. And someone coming up to me and preaching me a message and saying, Jared, you're prejudiced against homosexuals. You have, an, you have a problem and you don't love them. Someone preaching at me would never have done what a homosexual man laying on my shoulders crying and out to God for forgiveness did for me. I didn't ask for it, but I needed it. Now the things that we dream and want in life, we got to go for it. But I love that God positions us into places, oftentimes that we wouldn't want to be in, that we've even fought against and prayed, God, don't you let that happen. How many of you have ever said, oh, God, please don't let this happen. Please don't let that happen. And it happens. I'm like, God, what is going on? What is, what's happening here? Why are you not listening? Do we have a problem? Am I speaking the wrong language here? What's going on, right? It's because we need it. It's needful. What did Jesus tell him? It's needful that offense comes but woe to the one who brings it so there are things that we'll go through in life that will stir offense up in our hearts i was very offended that he didn't protect my bubble i was 
Somehow I felt ashamed. Because I had a problem. I was offended in my heart. There are a lot of things that will happen in life. There are these pressure points that will be brought into this pressurized situation and we'll have an offense that we didn't even know we had. We didn't even know it was there. Oh God, I didn't know I was ugly like that. I thought I was just so beautiful in every way. Well, you are. (laughs) But we can't have those moments that we're really ugly. It's God saying you need this. Because he's a good father. And he says, don't despise discipline. Don't despise discipline. Don't reject it. But submit to it. Surrender to it. Because God disciplines those he loves. Like a father disciplines his children. So these times of confrontation and and uncomfortable moments. And they're good for us. I I can give even a stupid example. This this last two, two or three weeks. I've had to go to the doctor, and I've had to go to the dentist. Two things that Jared does not do. Yeah? Anyone else like that? Any? It's, just not, it's not just annoying. I don't want people in my mouth, and I don't want people messing with my body. <laughs> so for me, I needed to go. So what my, my wife nag, uh, encouraged me. <laughs> Sorry. See how that works? It's, sl- it's editing. It's a little slow, but I'm getting better at it. <laughs> so my wife encouraged me and made the appointment for me and told me, you're going. And so I didn't want to go. It's a chiropractor, so it's not even a real doctor. <laughs> I'm just kidding for any, any chiropractors out there. Witchcraft medicine, witch doctors. <laughs> um, it, and it was good for me because I had to go in there. I had to find out what my blood pressure really was. I had to let this guy press on me and do stuff to me that made me angry at him. I, I even told him, I want to punch you right now. He's like, you're a pastor? I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> and when I punch you, God punches you too, brother. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I told him that. He's like, man, I'm so glad you're just yourself and not all stuffy. I'm like, dude, you're, you're killing me here feels like your hands are on fire and my body's burning. Anyone ever been to a chiropractor, you know what I'm talking about. But it was good for me to go, to get outside of my bubble. To open my mouth and let people dig in my mouth is a big deal. It's a big deal. I need to do those things. It's important. So that's a simple thing. Let me finish the story with the, the man. About a year later... The pastor was leaving, and he called, and he said, hey, Jared, I'm leaving the church. I think you should come pastor it. And I was like, oh. I'm a single man at the time, and I'm like, I don't see a lot of wife material around the area. I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I, I want to pass. I don't think I'm ready, to be completely honest. I'm not mature enough to handle this. And he's like, okay, I understand. He's just, when I was praying, he, the Lord brought you to my mind. He's like, well, I'm very honored, you know, that you called, but. You know, I'm enjoying being a youth pastor and <laughs> being in Dallas, <laughs> Irving, and, uh, you know, I don't think I can do this. He said, well, I want to I want to give you a report. He said, if you you remember, um, I, I don't remember his name. I should, but I don't. Hopefully someday I'll see him again. He said, you remember the man you prayed for who was homosexual, who cried on your shoulders? And I said, yeah, I do. 
He said, let me tell you what happened to him. He got radically saved. He gave his heart to the Lord completely. He left his lifestyle. He said, as a matter of fact, he's one of my elders in the church now. And uh, I got a reward for something I didn't even do. I can look back through my life and say I've gotten a lot of rewards for things I didn't even deserve and do. You remember when Abraham just believed God? He just said, I believe you, God. You say I'm going to have a son, I believe you. And the Bible says that God credited to his account as righteousness. This situation for me was that moment. I didn't take a risk. I didn't have faith for this man to be delivered. I didn't even want to pray for him. But God knew I needed it for me. Not just for him, but for me too. I needed this confrontation. Because he knew who I was going to be. And he knew I needed to be able to look back in my history and point to that as a stake, as a turning point. That's, con- that's br- brought conviction to me about loving people. It doesn't matter. I needed that. And so God, when God looks at that moment, he sees it as if I took the risk. Because he credited it to my account as risk. As righteousness. Me saying, no, I don't want to do this. No, I don't want to do it. You know, put my feet in the ground. He sees it as, yeah, come on up. Come pray for you. Let me pray for you. Because he credited it to my account as righteousness. Because he knew I needed that confrontation. I needed that moment. That's what grace does. Grace comes in and rewrites all of our stories. It just rewrites it. The words start like this and then grace just finishes it a different way. I can look back through my whole ministry as a youth pastor and like 98% of it should be voided out. Just completely voided out. I was, you know, if it was baseball, it's like the asterisk. You know, he was using performance-enhancing drugs. He hit 60-something home runs. There's the asterisk. That's the way my youth ministry should have looked for about 95, 98% of it. An asterisk. He wasn't quite everything he needed to be. But when God looks back at it, He credits it to my account as righteousness because of grace. It doesn't give me an excuse to live an idiot. (laughs) It doesn't give me an excuse to push away the Lord's rebukes and his correction or his discipline. Because I need those things. I need to be disciplined by God. I mean, who, who else would we rather have discipline us than God? If it's all in complete love, then why would we resist it? But for some reason we do, we, we get caught up on confrontation and we think that it's someone telling us or God telling us that we're not good enough. And that's not what confrontation is and that's not what God's saying and that's not the way we should be confronted and confront others. It, it's just saying, actually, you're better than this. You, you have so much more opportunity. You have such greater potential. This is where I see you. This is the way you're acting. Come up here. That's the way God deals with Hey, Jared, I see you like this, and you're acting like way out of your character. Come up here with me. And that's what confrontation does. It pulls us to who we're really supposed to be. And so as I look back of all the things, I'm like, God, I didn't deserve this, and I didn't deserve that. And he says, that's why I do it for you. It's grace. I couldn't earn this. You know, I even last week, I got a, a, a private message on Facebook, and, and And it was from uh, a guy named Richard Witt. 
some, maybe Mark and some of you guys will remember him from our youth ministry. He was friends with Honor Free and those guys. And I haven't heard from Richard in maybe 12 years or, you know, somewhere around there. And I don't know how he's doing. I don't know how his life is. I know I'm friends with him on Facebook, but, you know, I'm not a big Facebook man. Book face man, as Grant would say. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of it. But he sends me this private message, and in it, there's about 20 or so names that he, that he tags. And he says, you know, I don't want to go into the whole story. I don't want to, you know, bore you with all the details. But I wanted to thank you all for making me the man that I am. And <coughs> and I didn't, I didn't do that. But it gets credited to my account because of grace. So I responded back to him and told him how honored I was, you know, that he would think of me in those ways. And he responded back something, and it's just, you know, for us. But it made a difference in people's lives that I didn't deserve. I didn't, I didn't always make the right choices. And that's why God doesn't look at our outward appearance. That's why he doesn't always look at the, the choice that we make. He looks at the intent of our heart, and he sees our heart. And he's brilliant at taking the good that's in us and making it become dominant in us. He's brilliant at that. Whereas we would look inside and see all the bad and the negative and focus on that. He's great at pinpointing even the smallest grain of good. One grain of good in a, in a sand, a beach, you know, a sand-filled beach. And he sees one grain of good, but he's so brilliant at, at converting the whole beach to good from the one grain of sand. And he does that through grace, and he does it through confrontation. And some of these are even moments that we never thought of. I was telling uh, Jamie and the worship team this morning that that moment, the, this story that I'm telling you now, never hit me until yesterday when it came out of my mouth, what it was. As I was telling the story yesterday, and I said, God credited to that to me as risk, that was the first time I'd ever realized that, and it just really ministered to me. And I started thinking about other areas and situations in my life. And I was like, God, your grace is so good. It, counts, it makes me righteous when I wasn't. It makes me beautiful when I was ugly. Amen? And so the things that we, we want in life, you've got to go for it. God's going to be with you, but you've got to go for it. But the things you need, he's going to bring it to you. So I just want to close with, with the thought that if you're going through confrontation, if you're, if you're going through this this these pressing times or, or uncomfortable situations, to be completely honest. Ask God, God, did I create this? Because sometimes we create it. We create messes. Totally fine. We can clean them up. If we can create it, we can clean it up. We're powerful people. Sometimes we create the mess. Or we can say, hey, God, did I create this? Am I making this mess? Or are you trying to teach me something and confront me in an area? Ask him. He'll tell you, and then whatever he says, so just say yes to it. Whatever. Just yes, Lord. Teach me. Whatever it means. No shortcuts. There are no shortcuts in the kingdom. No shortcuts. Just whatever you need to do, God, do it. Whatever you need to confront, confront. Whatever attitudes that I have, just show me. Show me. I love David's prayer where he says, God, I ask that you would search me. Just search me inside and out. And see if there's any wicked thing in me. See if there's any part of me that isn't turned toward you. 
to make me righteous. That's his prayer. Search me and make me clean. How many feel that way? Search me, O God. Test me. See if there's any wrong in me. If there is, let's deal with it. Confront me in that area. You know, I grew up most of my, up until the last few years, afraid of confrontation. And I'm still not a big fan of it in a lot of ways. How many are with me on that? We think of confrontation as one person's going to lose and one's going to (laughs) win. And usually the person that is older or more gifted in an area or wiser in an area wins. So if I come into a situation young, stupid, immature, I have no chance of winning. Here's another example. Two very discerning people in a room. I grew up in, in an atmosphere where if, if one person had had the gift of discernment longer than the other person, then it didn't matter what the other person said because there's only one discerning person in this room, and it's me. <laughs> you, you're, you're, yeah, there's the lie. Let's laugh at the lie. <laughs> you're seeing this wrong. You're seeing it from immaturity. Or you're seeing it from a bad perspective. or And so what would happen is the, discern, the, the discernment from this, the weaker party, quote unquote, would be stripped from them. And the, the bigger person, Danny Silk calls it the big yellow truck. <laughs> just running over you. <coughs> and we see confrontation as yellow truck <laughs> coming my way and running over me. Big yellow truck. And so I was always thought that confrontation meant you don't approve of me, you don't love me, you don't accept me, and you're, you think that you're better than me. And that's not confrontation at all. Confrontation is I love you so much that I want to bring this to your attention because this is how I'm experiencing you right now. <laughs> and, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. God gave me a wife that is great at confrontation awesome at it. As a matter of fact, I may just send everything to her that needs confronted. (laughs) That's like the prayer. God, don't bring him to me. Send him to Mandy. (laughs) But that's not good for me. I got to be a man. (laughs) So I'm learning through our marriage that confrontation is really good. It's really good. It's needful that offense comes, but woe to the person who brings it. So when things happen that, that just, ugh, just frustrates you, you know what frustration is? You know what the root of frustration is? I feel powerless. I'm frustrated because I feel like I can't do anything about this situation. I have no power, so I'm frustrated. So I'm going to throw a fit because that's the only way I can get any attention right now. And so that's what frustration is. If we feel frustration, if we feel offense, ask the Lord, Lord, did I make this mess? And if so, how can I clean it up? Number two, or is this you confronting something in me that needs to be confronted because I need this? All right, would you stand and we're just going to pray into this.
why don't we just start by uh, thanking God for being such a good father? I think it's just a great place. God, thank you. <laughs> you're, you're a good father. You're not just a good king, good Lord, but you're a good father. And you're my father. And I love you. And I love the way you deal with me. And I love the way you confront me. And you, you know, I want you to know you have permission confront me not that you need it <laughs> but I'm willing Father I pray you would help us all to gain a greater understanding of, of who you are as a father and what that looks like Father like David prayed when he said give me a willing spirit I pray that you would give us all a willing spirit just a submissive willing spirit I want to pray over anyone here. You don't have to raise your hand. I think this this still is going on in me. I, I feel this message for me, and I feel like it, it, it is a message for most of the people here. So I'm not going to do the raise your hand kind of thing, but I do want us to pray that God will help us to respond properly in the, in the confrontation. All right? So, so why don't you just pray where you're at, that God will help you, and I'll pray a prayer for all of us, and, and we'll, we'll pray again for other needs in a moment. But, Lord... No, we don't want to fight against you. We don't want to resist you. You know, you, you call it unwise when we resist discipline. And actually, you even told us that if we resist discipline, that we aren't even your children. Huh. So help us to continue to position ourselves as children. Help us to remain in a posture and an attitude as a child so that you can be father to us and can can confront and discipline and make us look just like you. Because we know that's your goal. We're not afraid you're going to make us into something we don't want to be. Your goal is to make us to be like you. So we want that. So help us to have a willing spirit. I ask that you would drive out all rebellion. Drive out all fear. all stubbornness. We confess these things and we say, we don't want to be that way, Lord. We've been that way and we don't want to be that way. Father, we ask that you would remove the offense. Remove the frustrations. Help us to just yield. There's such freedom in yielding and just saying yes to you. Uh, in all situations, even the painful ones, it's not as painful if we just rest in you. If we just relax, it's not as painful. Mm. And Father, I pray that until you finish your work in us, you will continue to confront us and discipline us <laughs> until Christ is formed in us. Confront us, discipline us. We love your discipline. <laughs> we love it. 
Help us to be kind of weird and celebrate discipline. <laughs> yes, Lord. you just trust God? <clears throat> I mean, don't you trust him? Uh, anyone here having a hard time trusting him? He's so trustworthy. Hmm. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seek for bread. I mean, he's just, he's that good. He's faithful. He's dependable. So if you're having a hard time trusting God, trust trust really is just a choice to believe that someone is who they say that they are and just trust them. Did you know that the only way that we could be saved is to trust God? Because salvation comes in believing that Jesus is who he says he is. So it requires trust to even be saved. believe he's the son of God. I've never seen him. Not yet. I'm hoping one of these days he'll appear and I'll get to see him. Or I'll hear his voice like some others have recently. Great testimony. I would, I would love that. But I don't have to, to know him. Because I trust him. I, I, I wish I could say I trusted him in every situation. But we're all learning to do that, right? And so, Father, we just released the trusting spirit. You don't want to hurt us or, or burn us or make fools of us. So we just, we just trust you. We surrender. Why don't you just say that? I surrender. Hmm. <clears throat> I do want to uh, end this way. If you're here and maybe your connection with God is just broken, or you don't have a connection with God, don't leave today without making that right. We have a salvation banner here that someone will meet you here, all right? And you can cry on their shoulder and interfere with their bubble and whatever you want to do. They, they want to be there for you. They, they want to be that person to connect you to the Father. That's all it's really doing. That's all we're doing here in the altar is connecting people to what they need. And, and God doesn't just meet the need. He gives us himself. So we're just connecting to the Father here. So if you need that, there's a salvation banner. You need healing, you're still in pain. Uh, hopefully your pain's going away. Uh, if you're here, if it's gone, great. We want to hear the testimony. If it's still there, if you, something else came up, the healing banner is here. Again, we're just going to connect to the healer. He's our healer. And if you need a miracle, anything else, right here on the magic carpet, because God's kingdom's magical. I, I love it. It's fun. I don't want to get tired. Of it. God's kingdom's magical. Because he's the most magical of all kings. Magic is, well, y'all have heard it enough, you might say it with me. Miracles happen, dreams come true, nothing's impossible. That's, that's what magic is. And so we have a magic carpet, we believe in miracles here. And so come up here, someone that's full of faith will join with you and partner with you. Um, everyone else, we love you guys, bless you. Um, go out and get a drink of water, use the restroom and whatnot, and in about 10 minutes we'll start meeting in here. Um, oh, you know what, one more thing. I, I hate to do it in this moment. I wish I would have thought of it earlier, but it just now hit me. Kenneth, 
Kenda's family is moving Saturday, and if anyone can help, go see Kenda, all right? This Saturday coming up, just some muscle, all right? Kenda and Aaron right there. All right, everyone else. All right, ready, break. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, the meeting's 10 minutes, so, but we want to pray. Let's just 